Welcome to the Empowering Real Talk podcast. It's your host, Keisha, aka Coach K Woods, founder of Upgraded Mindsets, whose mission is to inspire and empower unapologetic self confidence through conversation, insight, and value. Some of these conversations may be uncomfortable, but in order for us to grow individually and as a whole, these conversations are necessary. Be sure you are favoring on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Subscribe to the Empowering Real Talk YouTube channel and let's get started. Welcome back to the Empowering Real Talk. It is your girl, Keisha, a.k.a. Coach K. Woods, and I am back with another dope session. Y'all know before I get started what I'm going to ask. If you have not, please be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you are listening to this on the podcast platforms, then make sure you favorite it first off. And then we want you to rate and review. Um, I have been loving the feedback that I've been getting from you guys, so I appreciate it so much. Um, keep leaving those reviews for me. Keep letting me know how you feel. Um, bring me some topics. Bring me some uncomfortable conversations because y'all know how I am on this platform. Um, in order for us to grow, I feel like these conversations are necessary. So if you see, I am not here by myself. Um, I actually have a guest with me today and I am so excited to chat with him more and I'm going to let him introduce your, himself. Hello, hello. Hello. Well, I'm Doug Lawrence and I am a retired Royal Canadian Mounted Police Officer who uh, I, I guess one of the things that I ended up with as a result of my 25 years of service uh, was post-traumatic stress. And, and then to add to that, just as I started to see a change in, in to the, for the good, I lost my wife to, to cancer in 2021. And I've been dealing with grief and a number of other things that are somewhat, you know, associated with that. So retired RCMP, did some management uh, consulting in a number of different leadership positions and then started my own company in the fall of 2000. It's a test on my memory, 2009. Um, yeah, 2009, where I saw a need based on uh, the work that I was doing at the time where I saw a need for um, an independent body for the certification of mentoring is kind of the short story for a long, long story. Um, and so I did a bunch more research and, and ended up partnering with an organization in the United States uh, to provide mentor certification. And we did that for probably five, six years. And then they, they opted out and I ended up looking for another business partner, one who uh, approaches things from international standards organization, ISO perspective. And so we ended up, we Re rebuilt, redesigned the whole mentor certification piece to make it more focused on uh, competence rather than on knowledge. Listen, I went and I read um, your website and I think what you're doing is so freaking phenomenal. Um, you Thank guys you. have, you have turned 
mentoring into a community for one thing. Um, it's the international mentoring community. And I think that that is phenomenal because people just don't realize how serious it is to have someone that you can really talk to without judgment and, you know, have those conversations without fear of backlash or fear of negative, you know, consequences, you know, so shout out to you for even having that platform to coming up with the idea to have it. Um, and I know, you know, you definitely spoke on your personal story and, you know, we are definitely sorry for the loss of your wife. Um, I know that you continue in her memory, um, because you actually are a walking testimony of what it is that you're offering. And I think that that's amazing. Well, yeah, thank you for that. And, and you know, it, it, what I, what I've noticed is that, that, with mentoring, and thank you for those really kind words, but with mentoring, what we've seen is, or what I've seen largely due to me kind of pushing us in that direction, is that mentoring is is a great support, part of the support structure for mental health. And gosh knows that, you know, um, you know that, that we don't have enough support people out there today to help, you know, people go see a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a counselor, a social worker, they go see them and then they get told, well, your next appointment's in four months. What, you know, what, what are we you doing? Are. Yeah, right. Like, what are we doing in, in the interim where sometimes that's where the greater need is? So, you know, the, the whole concept, the whole idea of that sort of mental health mentor, however you want to slap the mm -hmm. words around it, but at the end of the day, what it is is, you're taking mentors, effective mentors, providing them with a bit of training and getting them to understand that their job is not to prescribe, you know, not to, you know, to do any of the other things that professional resources can do. Right. You're, the, you're there to listen and hear. And as you said earlier, to be non-judgmental. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that is phenomenal. And, you know, I think a lot of people sometimes get it twisted, you know, as a coach. Um, I actually live by those ethics of mentorship. You know, um, people, you know, think that I am trying to be a therapist. I'm not. I am not a therapist and I do not try to be one. Um, and I don't practice. You know, um, I can speak from my own therapeutic experiences. Um, and that sometimes, well, a lot of times is very beneficial in helping someone decide that they need therapeutic intervention as well, because we don't want to talk about that, right? We don't want to talk about having to take those steps. We feel like we can just handle everything on our own. We're supposed to handle everything on our own and we're not. And you having that mentoring community, not only is helping someone you know, to not be judged, but it's also could be very helpful in getting them to say, you know what, I do need to talk to somebody on a, on another level. Have you seen that? Like, as far as, you know, with the community that you have? Most definitely. The, the, the stigmatism that went with along with mental health and still does to this day yeah. is, is such that people uh, are afraid to reach out. And I always tell people, you know, you know, you're, you've, kind of barricaded yourself in your little closet and you know there's no way that I can get to you unless you're willing to open that door extend your hand and say I need help mm -hmm. right yeah. and we all go through that at some stage like I know when I think back you know on my own personal journey there were times where I I didn't want anyone interfering with what's going on 
you know, I've got it all sorted out. I know what I'm doing. No, you don't know what you're doing. And you're just making matters worse in a lot of cases. And so it was, and the challenge, I, I guess the challenge I faced, you know, is obviously there'll be others that can say, oh, that's, that's me. But mm-hmm. the challenge that I faced was there was no support structure in place back then. And, you know, yes, we do have, it's better, but it's still not where it needs to Absolutely. be. But I, I would witness as a police officer, I would witness some very traumatic things. And I had no place to go other than at that time point in the earlier stages in our uh, married relationship, I had my wife Deborah I could go yeah. to, but then what training did she have in order to be able to deal with that without letting it burden her as well? So sometimes, you know, as the husband, you, you sort of say, well, I'm just, I'm not going to bother anybody with this. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll keep it inside and I'll try to deal with it on my own. And that's not the way to deal with this stuff, you know? And what I'm finding now too, is that, the more times I tell the story and, you know, I share Deborah's part in it and, you know, all of that sort of stuff, right. it's actually therapeutic for me as a mentor. And it allows me to get that story out there. It allows me to, to feel better because I'm now opening up and I'm actually sharing what I went through and what I still am going through mm-hmm you know, from all the the trauma from before, but now dealing with grief on top of it. Absolutely. And and that's, I tell people often, um, you know, my clients first start working with me. That's the first thing they're like, I don't understand how this is going to work. Um, But we don't realize that, like you said, the more we talk about it, it, it doesn't mean that it gets easier. It's better. Our response is better. Um, you know, our coping methods, you know, improve, you know, things like that. We're doing it to improve those methods. You know, you will grieve your wife until you are no longer able to grieve anymore. Um, you know, I think people get lost in thinking that the grief is supposed to go away and it's not going to go away. You know, it, you shouldn't want it to go away. Um, you know, but there are better ways, you know, improve ways for you personally to cope. And I think that people understanding that it will make a difference, um, you know, but telling our stories um, because you who who can be who can shame you once you tell your story. Right. Yeah. Who can sit up here and try to hold something over your head and say, oh, you know what, if you don't do this or, you know, I'm going to tell this and, you know, who I, I had to learn that. And I am completely transparent in my story. Um, I was a hardcore, never displayed my feelings to anybody. I have been the most vulnerable since becoming a coach than I ever have. But that's because I had to make my shifts and do what it is that I had to do for me, which involved therapeutic intervention, which involved mentoring, which involved, you know, continual coaching. Um, and just overall support without judgment. Um, that has really put me in a place to be my best self. And I'm, I'm super grateful for it. And have you found that you you still react to triggers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I've put policies in place for specific things. Um, and, you know, we're human. You know, we're definitely human at the end of the day. I cannot sit here and say that I have 120 percent foolproof plan and action, you know, um, but I've put the policies in place instead of just allowing myself to default 
to what I know, um, I'll put the policies in place. And, you know, like I said, there might be a one or two off, you know, but um, being intentional is what has really guided me um, through this continual growth journey of mine. It's just being intentional that I can, you know, hit a wall and just have to reroute and refocus, you know, and do what it is that I need to do to continue to grow on my end. I actually went through, uh, I got hit with a trigger and and it took all I could do to to manage it. But mm-hmm. it, it was, I went, I had gone to one grocery store and was looking for Christmas greeting cards and I couldn't find what I wanted. So I, I said, well, the ones I got, everybody will just have to deal with it. Right. And, and then I went yesterday to a, a different store that has typically always has a, a better selection. And there I am standing in front of the, the greeting cards and I got tears rolling down the side of my face and I'm going, you're supposed to be able to manage this. And it just, it completely, and I started, I so I was breathing, trying mm-hmm. to take in the deep breaths, all of that, and focusing on something other than what was causing me to have the trigger. And it took me a bit of time to get, to get out of there. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, do you like generally have a hard time like embracing them at the times um, when they happen? Um, how do you feel with regards to that, with regards to like handling them, how you handle them? You know, once it's, you know, once it's, you know, blown over and you're able to kind of go into evaluation mode, you know, how do you feel that you're handling them overall? I'm still not quite where I think I want to be not where I think I should be, but mm-hmm. where I think I want to be, where, you know, it, it used to be driving past a hospital where Deborah passed away. It used to just, I was driving in my car and, and crying like a baby. And, you know, there was, and it didn't seem to matter. There was nothing I could do. So then I was, I was going for therapy. I was seeing a counselor and we, we took a couple different modalities to try and see if we could offer or provide me with that additional support that I needed to be able to, to manage that. And, and, it, and it worked, and it worked for, yeah. for that part. But then, you know, coming, you know, looking at the, the whole uh, greeting card thing, you know, you, I was saying to myself afterwards, you know, we should actually ban the holidays where you have to buy cards because look at what it's doing. And, and, and then I'm going, no, that's not right either. You need to, you know, you need to be able to figure out what are the coping strategies, mechanisms that you're going to use wow. in order to, you know, in order to be able to deal with that. Because it was interesting because I, it, it was that one particular store and that one particular section of greeting cards, because I've been to other stores and it's, and it hasn't, it never bothered me. Mm. So yeah, that that particular one, it it very well could be. Um, I know that um, I've actually been in kind of a sense of isolation here lately. And um, I thought at first that it was a bad thing. And it was like, no, Keisha, you're, you know, making shifts. So like when I'm going to certain places, um, it could be a certain place to where I'm no longer going to with somebody that I've been around for a long time. Um, It's even something as simple as a song that I know me and this person for a long term, you know, were, you know, rocking out with, we'd be in a car with it full blast, you know? So now it's like, 
um, I'll turn that I'll turn that song. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, you know, I miss them, but I know that things are the way they are because that they're supposed to be the way they are. There's no ill intentions. There's no bad breakup as far as I'm concerned. Um, so that's how I know that is how it's supposed to be. But that doesn't mean that I don't get emotional when that song comes on or, you know, I don't go by a place that I, you know, like you said, go to and remember all of the times and, you know, shed a tear or two. Um, one thing that I have definitely had to learn, Doug, is really embracing my emotions. Yeah. Um, I suppressed mine for years with so many things that I went through, um, you know, from the death of my grandmother at 21 um, to the death of my sister in 2009 from cancer, from gun violence. You know, so many things that I have experienced. Um, I would always suppress things. I would always. I'm good. I'm good. I'll, I'll be all right. Um, not saying I never shed a tear. But like I never shedded a tear, if you know what I mean, um, up right. until these last couple of years, um, just really embracing who I am and walking in my truth wholeheartedly has allowed me the vulnerability to do that. Um, so I, I get that um, grief is ongoing. You know, I think people get lost in thinking that after two years, five years, 10 years that it goes away. And, you know, yours is still super duper fresh, like super duper fresh. Um, you know, those memories are, you know, something that you definitely hold on to, but also just embrace those emotions. You know, um, I know you might not have felt like you wanted to do it in the store, you know, <laughs> at that time, um, you know, but one thing that I definitely had to learn that definitely helped me along the way um, is just really embracing those emotions, no matter how snot nosed I got after this. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it doesn't bother me to shed a tear in, in, in the grocery store. Good. I love to hear you that. Because and, and coming from a man, especially, um, that is dope to me. Um, I love that you embrace that side of yourself. You know, there's the stigma that we're, that men are not supposed to do that. So shout out to you for doing that. Thank you. And I feel better when I'm a, I, I give permission to myself to, you know, be as, as emotional as I, as I want to. And, you know, even our conversations today, I could feel the emotions starting to well, and I had to have a little side conversation with myself to be able to say, okay, just, you know, as much as you'd like to put your head down on the table and cry, hang in there. You've still got a message that, you know, we, we want to be able to share with others. And, and especially at this time of the year, the holiday season, yes. this is extremely difficult. I know it is for, for me, mm -hmm. it's extremely difficult because the one, the one thing I had a conversation with somebody the other day and boom, it triggered, it triggered the passing of my, my grandmother. So my mom's mom, it triggered the passing of my mother and then it triggered the passing of my wife, Deborah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all that took place within that short period of time around Christmas. Yeah. And you kind of go like, can't, can't, can't we pick a different time of the year for stuff like this to happen? Cause it just seems as though that seems to be when it takes place or it takes place a lot more often, or maybe it's, it, it takes place and we're just more aware of it mm -hmm. than anything else. Yeah. 
I, I can I can totally feel you on that. Um, you know, it's 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 tough. Um, you know, it's a tough transition. Um, it's a tough day to day. Um, it's just so easy for us to get just stuck in the stick, the stuck feeling of just not wanting to do nothing, not wanting to talk, not wanting to share nothing, not wanting to be nothing. Um, you know, you have a phenomenal platform um, with your mentoring community. And I know that it has been, you know, super, super beneficial for you um, as you continue on your grieving yet continuing journey. Um, I love your vulnerability, Doug. Like I, I respect you so much and appreciate you so much um, for being vulnerable on the show. Um, you know, these are the conversations that people don't always want to talk about, you know, um, we'll always have to be talking about the latest trends and the latest, you know, shoes and stuff like that. Um, these are the conversations that we really should be having um, because this is going to help somebody really embrace their emotions and say, you know what, that episode right there was what I needed um, to begin to make the shifts necessary to move forward and continue on, um, you know, so definitely shout out to you for that. Um, you. you know, and if what are some key things that you would recommend um, someone that is, you know, possibly looking at mentorship, right? Um, like, what's the options? You know, what do you describe it as? And what are some things that someone would look out for? Well, you know, the, the big thing for me, the difference between coaching and mentoring, and I mean, you can you can jump on the Internet and, and do a search and you'll, you're going to get a multitude of different you know, definitions, examples. Uh, for me, what it is, is I would hire a coach to come in and work with one of my employees if there were performance related issues. Okay. And, and the duration of the relationship, coach and coachee or whatever term you want to use, is, is very, it's defined. So it could be one month, two month. I, you know, to, to, and it's very structured. I knew some executive coaches who, who would schedule an appointment with one of their clients. And if they didn't show up, they, they build them for that time period. No fooling around, nothing. If you want to, if you want me to coach you, then here's the expectation. That's the level of accountability. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Men mentoring on the other side of the, of the fence is I've, I've had a lot of, not a lot, that's not true. I've had some missed appointments where people have said, I'd like you to be my mentor and what do we do? And so I would say, okay, well, we need to set up a time to, you know, to chat and we'll define the expectations of the relationship. And, and then from there, you get, you get to own the relationship. You guide as the mentee, you're the one that's going to set the agenda that, that we're gonna to work towards. And then, and well, how much is this going to cost? Well, in some cases it's nothing. And in some cases, you know, there, there's a, there's a shift where people are now paying for good mentoring. So anyhow, right. um, so we, we've got, you know, sort of the, the, the two facets, the coaching and, and the mentoring. Um, and I know for me, uh, I would be more inclined to want to go with a mentor. And part of the reason for that is that it becomes, it's with mentoring, it's about uh, helping people learn and grow together. So mentor mm -hmm. 
and mentee in on a personal and a professional basis. So I work primarily with the idea in mind of targeting uh, self-esteem, self-confidence, self-doubt, self-worth, all the selves as I sometimes refer to them. Mm -hmm. and, and I focus on that because those become obstacles or barriers to being able to move forward to help somebody with their career development or, you know, all of those sorts of things. So that's kind of the difference that I see there. And then, so you, and that is something that most mentors should be able to, to provide. If you want to go a step beyond that, and then, you know, as you talked about our the community, the international mentoring community, we have the capability of being able to, to certify mentors as competent mentors if they want to go through the process, right, that, that's been created. Right. And so the process is you know, obviously a number of different documents and that that you have to complete in order to show that you have the knowledge and also that you also can apply the knowledge. And then finally, you go through at the end of the process, you actually go through a verification panel of the, the ones I've been have been four or five different people. Actually, the last one I did was we had a, a representative from the mental health community that came because we, with part of the certification process, we're now, or I'm now looking at mentoring being part of that certification process nice. so that, you know, we're not throwing people in the deep end of the pool and expecting them to swim. We're going to provide them with the tools they need to be effective mentors. So yeah, you, you know, you, you basically have, you know, you can be a, a a rookie mentor, if you want to call it that, and start off here and just gradually build yourself up and, and then make a decision. Do I want to become a certified mentor or not? And that would sort of be the pathway that people could take. That's dope. Um, that's dope that I know a lot of people that, you know, want to say that they are a mentor, right? Um, and I know people say this about coaching as well, but the fact that you have a process um, that you go through um, to ensure that, like, that's amazing. We need so much more of that. Um, we need the screenings. We need the, you know, hey, I need to just make sure that, you know, you are able to handle this type of environment, this type of situation, um, you know, because just because you might give a good advice, hit and miss every now and again does not necessarily label you as a mentor or, you know, something like that, um, you know, so I think that that is um just a great community to have. Um, are you now? I know that you are in Canada. Does this apply to the states as well? Is this something that can apply to the states as well? Yeah, it's it's an international process. Yes, that is dope. Um, so you guys see his website scrolling at the bottom of the page. Um, if you are listening on the podcast, then you will see it in the podcast note information. Um, so you'll definitely be able to learn more about that. Um, again, I just think that it's amazing and had to get you on the show to talk more about mentoring, but to also speak on your personal journey and for people to see that we are still able to walk in our purposes and still go through real life. 
Um, you know, that's what the Empowering Real Talk podcast is about for me as well. Um, not only bringing, you know, the resource and solution, but to also have those uncomfortable conversations, those personal conversations, um, you know, and speaking of triumph as well. So um, again, Doug, I thank you so much for being here. Um, let them know, do you have any social medias or anything, or is it just best to contact you through the website? Um, you can still reach me on LinkedIn is probably the the, the most one. Okay. I, yeah. LinkedIn would be. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Um, and then, like I said, his website scrolling at the bottom guys. So definitely check that out. Um, you know, learn more about what it is that he does. Um, I, I, I know you guys will definitely be interested, especially if you are my audience, you know how I am about bringing resources and, and having stuff for y'all to read. So y'all definitely will be intrigued with that. Um, but y'all know where y'all can find me at. I'm on all social media at Coach K-A-Y-W-D-S. Um, make sure you subscribe to the channel and make sure you are following on your favorite streaming platform. Um, you can learn about getting clear on your goals, um, breaking up with those limiting beliefs that have been holding you back for so long at UpgradedMindsets.life. It is really time for us to break free from the negative so we can live, baby. Doug, again, thank you so much for being here. I totally appreciate you. Uh, until next time, you guys, y'all stay focused, stay empowered, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, y'all.